We're in John, and we're in chapter 13. John chapter 13. Now, as I was thinking about the passage this morning, I was looking up just some studies, and one of the things that you'll look at in studies with respect to leadership is that trust in leadership is toast right now. I mean, whoo, it's worldwide, it's pervasive. The, the general population's trust in key institutions, we're talking business, government sector, NGOs, nonprofits like the church, media, toast, historic lows in trust. Now you might be wondering, well, is that a problem? <laughs> yeah, it's a problem. You might be wondering why. I was reading a book just last week that is getting into this, and the author, Simon Sinek, says that he believes the big problem right now is self-interest. It lies at the center of the problem. It's down, he says, because when you think about leadership, there's a bargain that's established between the leaders and the followers The followers trust the leadership with leadership because they expect the leaders to care for them, protect them, sacrifice for them. And that's why everything feels off. Because if those who are in positions of leadership don't leverage the position for others, they are failing us. Now, think about kind of various roles of influence in our society. Uh, For example, the celebrity class. Now, there's kind of a running joke now, right? When a celebrity gets up and speaks about their cause of the day, we listen to them and we're like, you don't really care about that thing. You're not interested in it. You just feel like you have to do that to fulfill your role or your responsibility. So what did they come across as? Contrived, fake. What about government institutions? What about politicians? Um, you know, one thing that stands out to me uh, time and again when I listen to political leaders talk, I say to myself, do you really care about the common good of people? Oh, yes, I do. If you vote for me, you will absolutely see that I do. Okay, what if you don't win? Are you still going to pursue that good? You don't see a lot of that. What about corporations? Uh, I'm not opposed to compensation packages for high-executing management teams, anything of that nature, but I never thought that those packages were intended to be leveraged for the self-interest of those individuals. No, if anything, they have constituents that they need to think about, right? Their employees, their shareholders, the customers, If you're sacrificing their interests for your interests, you're not a leader. You're a taker. Now, Sinek says that trust is low because leaders are not fulfilling their end of the bargain. Um, When I actually read his book on this subject, I said, this guy's not far from the kingdom of God. Uh, He comes from an evolutionary standpoint. He says that this is all happening because we have these hormones like cortisol and all of that kind of stuff. But I'm like, man, as you talk about leadership, it sounds like you sat directly at the feet of Jesus. Look at this. He says, leadership is the choice 
to serve others with or without any formal rank. Leaders are the ones willing to look out for those to the left of them and those to the right of them. They are often willing to sacrifice their own comfort for ours, even when they disagree with us. Trust is not simply a matter of shared opinions. Trust is the belief that someone has our well-being at heart. Leaders are the ones who are willing to give up something of their own for us, their time, their energy, their money, maybe even the food off their plate. When it matters, leaders choose to eat last. Now, I love that imagery of leadership. In fact, uh, the United States Marine Corps has adopted that. They have a saying, officers eat last. Powerful symbol of leadership and Perhaps one of the main reasons why you see the Marine Corps raising up really effective leaders time and time again. But I will say this, as powerful as that image is, Scripture gives us an even more powerful one. The image from Scripture is the towel. Now we're in John chapter 13, like I said, we're in a new series that I'm calling The King whose scepter is a towel. And it's in this series that we're going to see why Jesus values servanthood so much. So let's pick up with the text. We're in John chapter 13, and I'm going to read the first 11 verses to you. It says, Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. It was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything, and that he had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, He wrapped a towel around his waist and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the feet of his disciples, drying them with the towel he had around him. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I am doing, but someday you will. No, Peter protested. You will never, ever wash my feet. Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Simon Peter exclaimed, then wash my hands and my head as well, Lord, not just my feet. Jesus replied, a person who has bathed all over does not need to wash except for the feet to be entirely clean. And you disciples are clean, but not all of you. For Jesus knew who would betray him. That is what he meant when he said, not all of you are clean. So let's unpack this story a little further, get into the background a little bit. We are beginning the Last Supper, the Upper Room Discourse, or the Farewell Discourse, according to Johannine scholars, those who study the Gospel of John. And What is happening right now as you begin this scene is there is an awkward tension in the room. All right, everyone 
is looking around. This is the Passover supper. It's the pinnacle of the Jewish calendar. And all of the preparations have been made, the food, the, the setting, all of that. But then they look around and they're like, ugh, somebody forgot to hire the foot washer. Okay. Now, let me just tell you a little bit about this job. Uh, as Mike Rowe likes to say, it's a dirty one, but someone's got to do it, right? The foot washer is a nasty and necessary position. Um, think of it like this. Anybody want to have the job of cleaning up gas station restrooms? I mean, I've been in some where it makes your stomach churn. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's gross. I don't want that job. These people in this society walked around with open-toed shoes out in dusty streets when it was dry or muddy streets when it was wet. They didn't have a sewage removal system or a trash pickup system. So you know what they do? They just throw all that stuff into the street. And the grime of the street clings to the foot. Now it's dinner time and you're having a nice dinner and you're inside. You think perhaps you would want that stuff off of your feet. Of course you would. So here's what's stunning in the middle of this dinner. The real shock comes when Jesus the Messiah stands up, takes off his robe, and puts a towel around his waist like a servant. I mean, this is the Messiah just... Days prior, people were screaming Hosanna at him. He's the big dog, the big wig, the big kahuna. You don't have this guy doing this kind of work. It'd be like, think of it like this. Your, your septic system backs up into your bathroom. Anyone ever have that happen before? Imagine that happens to you and you hear a knock at your door door and the CEO of your company or the governor or anyone for that matter says, hey, I'm here to help. I'll help you clean that up. Peter is so struck by how off this is. He says, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? He gets how this system works. I wash your feet. You don't wash my feet. He lives in a world of leadership where leaders eat first, not last. But Jesus says to him, you don't understand now what I'm doing, but someday you will. And then Peter digs into his heels. He's not going to give up on this pecking order system. Why would I do that? Lord, you will never, ever wash my feet. And then Jesus stuns him. If you won't let me do this, you won't belong to me. And Peter, you know, being Peter, he's like, okay, okay. I get it, Jesus. You're making one of your Jesus points head to toe. Let's go. I'm with you. I'm on board. Now, ask yourself the question. Why would Jesus say that to Peter? Why would he say, I have to wash your feet. It's that necessary. If you don't let me do this, you have nothing to do with me. You're not one of mine. Now, John is putting this into this gospel for a reason. And I think there's two levels of meaning that we see in the text, okay? 
The deepest level of meaning is where we need to start. The towel represents the cross. The towel is a symbol of Jesus serving humanity by laying down his life for others. And and you get this in the text very early on. If you look at verse one, for example, the text says that Jesus's hour has come. Now in the gospel of John, Jesus's hour is always foreshadowing the cross. He's marching in that direction for a reason. And then we also get these references to Judas, the betrayer. Again, pointing our direction towards the cross. So here's the deepest level of meaning in the text. Unless you permit Jesus to serve you as your Savior, you can't belong to him. He's got to lay down his life for you. He has to serve humanity in that sort of way. Uh, This is what Jesus wanted Peter to understand. This is what he wants us to understand. That we all come to him with the grime of life. Our sin nature, the effects of this sinful world, past choices that we've made, that we regret, that we know that we cannot undo. Present behaviors that just seem to persist. And I wish that I could stop doing this thing, but I continue to do this thing. The gospel message is this, that we all need forgiveness. We all need our feet washed. We need a God who's willing to bend down low to serve us in that sort of way. Uh, Paul says in 2 Corinthians, for God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sins so that we could be made right with God through Christ. That's how Jesus wants to serve you. That's what it means when it says that he picked up the towel. That's why Jesus is the ultimate leader. He would willingly sacrifice his position in heaven, his rights as God, even his very life, so that you, so that I could be made right with God. Now, here's our problem. We can adopt Peter's attitude. Lord, you will never, ever wash my feet. We can come to this God who has stooped low for us and say, that's just too much. I can't accept that. I can't believe that God would do something like that for me. Now, I want to suggest this morning that that is coming from one of two places, either from the place of shame or the place of pride. Either way, whether it's shame or pride, both of those keep us, prevent us from embracing the free gift of salvation that Jesus Christ offers to every single human being. And instead of turning to Jesus, what do we do? We turn to religion. And what is religion? My definition of religion is an attempt to save ourselves, to make ourselves look presentable to God. I don't feel clean before God. I feel ashamed. I feel distant. Therefore, if I go to church, read the Bible, go through the motions, then I'll be a little better, and then I'll be presentable to God. But the gospel says you cannot clean yourself up before you come to him. He must serve you. 
uh, I like what Augustine says. He says that the God or sinful man, proud man, would have died had not a lowly God found him. Uh, In other words, God stooped low in order to save us. And the only way that I can be saved, the only way that I can avoid this dirtiness, this sinfulness, is to turn to Jesus. That's what the Bible says. I remember um, I was talking to a man. I was in Florida, and we were on the streets, and we had run into one another. And he just looked like down and out, really down and out. So I said, hey, let's go grab a lunch together, and let's have a conversation. So we go over to Wendy's and we sit down and we have a lunch and we start talking and we get into his spiritual life. And I start telling him about the gospel of Jesus Christ. That God became man, that he lived amongst us, that he died for you. He died for your sins so that you could be forgiven of your sins, so that you could be made right with God. And as we were having this conversation, it seemed like he was trekking with me until we came to the point of, you've got to embrace this. You've got to accept it. And then he kind of turned religious. He said, listen, you don't know my life. I'm a mess. I, I, I have been addicted to alcohol since I was just a teenager. I've got a huge problem in this area. I can't trust Jesus right now. The only way that I could trust Jesus is if I clean up first. I'm sitting across the table and I'm like trying to persuade him. No, no, you've got this all wrong. You're getting the cart before the horse. You don't clean yourself up. You don't save yourself to come to him. You come to him for that restorative work. I pray for him. I'm like, Lord, I just pray that he woke up a couple of days later and he, he recognized that. But it's so common. It's so persistent. We become like Peter. We say, you will never, ever wash my feet. I'm going to do that work. That's too lowly for you. And the God of the universe says, no, no, no. I stoop low so that I can save you. So how do I trust him? Well, it's by faith. I believe he did that for me. And then scripture says, follow him. Now, if you really want to follow Jesus, that's where we're going next in the next part of the story. Jesus says something to his disciples about this towel. It says this in the text. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth, slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. Now here's a little bit of the background before we get to this upper room. The disciples just days prior are having an argument over who amongst them is the best. Okay, they're, they're reading the tea leaves in their mind, and they're like, Jesus is the Messiah. He's going to rule from Jerusalem, and he needs a right-hand guy. 
And Peter's like, who better than me? I'm the guy that gets things done in this company. Don't you agree? And everyone's like, yeah, Peter, you're a bull in the china shop. You do get things done. Uh, Matthew's like, oh, I'm the smartest. Yeah, Matthew, but you have no people skills. John is a suck up. James is a knucklehead. They're going back and forth. Now, Again, John 13 through 17 is the farewell discourse. Think of this as a speech that a, that a professor gives to students graduating on graduation day. Jesus is like, you guys have been following me. I'm about to go away. You've seen how I've lived. You've heard my teaching. If you want to be anything like me, You've got to throw down the world's definition of what leadership is, and you must become servant leaders. Now, I love that definition of leadership, servant leadership. I think that servant leadership is exactly what Jesus showed us in his life and ministry. What is that? Well, I would define servant leadership as this. Servant leadership is picking up the towel to advance the mission. It is leadership because leaders serve others, and serving is disadvantaging yourself to meet the needs of others. That's servant leadership. Now think about what that implies about picking up the towel, about serving other people. For example, uh, let's think of some things that take place in a church on a Sunday morning. Why why would anyone stand at the front door of a church and greet people as they walk through the doors? It's kind of disadvantaging yourself when you think about it. One, you have to stand there in this place for 30 to 45 minutes. I've got to be right here focused on this task. Two, if you're not like a bubbly, gregarious extrovert, it feels a little uncomfortable. I've got to say hi to people I don't know. I've got to initiate them. I've got to be mindful of them. Remember, disadvantaging myself for the needs of others, what is a need that a person has when they come through the doors of a church? I suggest to you this morning, the need is they want to belong. They're coming into a place, it's foreign. I don't know anyone. I've heard things about churches, not always nice things about churches. Maybe I've experienced things. I'm walking through the doors and I'm asking the question repeatedly in my mind, is anyone going to take notice of me? Is anyone going to care? Is anyone going to befriend me? You ever had that experience? I've been a pastor. I've been in church my whole life, I've seldom had to go through the experience of seeing what it's like to try a church for the first time, but I've done it before, and it's awkward. I'm serious. I'm like, who are these people? What are they doing here, right? You get comfortable with your church, and then it feels like home, but until that happens, you need a servant leader, a Barnabas, who's going to take notice of you and care. Think about young families. I'm the first to admit that a diaper blow up and the nursery is like disadvantaging myself. I have a queasy stomach. But young families, moms, dads, with infants, two-year-olds, five-year-olds, 
man, they're exhausted. I mean, you talk to a young mom or a young dad, and they're just like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> like, I'm just going. I'm trying. And so what do they need when they come through the doors of the church? I would say the word is respite. I need to feel like this is a place that's safe, that's loving, that's caring, where my kids are going to get what they need, and I can come and receive the word of God because in some ways I'm just holding on right now. You see, servant leadership, this might sound so mundane to us, but it's picking up the towel. And servant leaders are the kind of people who sign up and then they show up. And then they sign up again and then they show up again. And then they keep signing up and keep showing up. I think about this idea of servant leadership and I say to myself, all right, this is axiomatic. It's self-evidently true. Uh, If I was to go into any church across the United States of America and preach this message and tell church members, you need to be a servant leader, there would just be like, amen, that's the Jesus way. We should all be servant leaders. I mean, even the business world is getting this. They're writing books about servant leadership. Here's the thing, getting people to agree with picking up the towel is easy. Getting people to pick up the towel, that's a different story. I was just looking at a study with LifeWay. This was from 2021, and they were looking at churchgoers and asking the question, how many of you have served or volunteered at least one time in the last year? Look at that survey there. This is the number of people who are churchgoers, Protestant churchgoers who volunteered one time in one year. 30% said yes. 66% said no, and 4% said, I'm not sure. Like, how do you not know if you picked up the towel or not? Whatever. You know what that says to me? We're not, we, and I, I, I put myself in the hole. I am not talking down at anyone. I'm seeking to help us understand what we need to do if we're to follow Jesus. We're not signing up and we're not showing up. We're not picking up the towel. And here's what's so wrong with this. What's so off with this? The first thing is this. Picking up the towel makes you more like Jesus. Isn't that what he said? I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I would argue over and over and over again from the scriptures that the most important thing that you can do in this life is to look more like Jesus. If you're ever asking yourself the question, what's God's will for my life? What should I be doing? Where should I be going? There's one common answer to all of those questions. Look more like Jesus. Go into that work environment today and think about how would Jesus act at work. Go into church. How would Jesus love other people here? And if you're asking yourself the question, how would Jesus want me to pick up the towel? I would say he'd want you to pick it up every day. Serving should be as natural as breathing for people who say, I want to be like Jesus. Now, secondly, I would argue that picking up the towel is how we change the world. 
You know, I, I think about this often. I, I have lots of conversations with believers as a pastor, and I hear thought processes. And a lot of us, just to be honest, we're pretty concerned about our nation. You agree with that? And we're kind of concerned about the state of the world. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah, we are. And I get it. I'm concerned, too. I see things, and, and I'm not oblivious to those things, and I think to myself, boy, that's not good. But what would Jesus say to that? I believe he would say, stop fretting over the state of the world and start serving it. Pick up the towel. You know, when you pick up the towel, it's far more powerful than other things that we pick up. You know, we pick up the phone to tweet. We pick up the remote to watch. We pick up the ballot to vote. And, and we sometimes think that picking up those things is going to advance the mission or save the kids or whatever else we think. But that's not how you change a nation. This nation doesn't need more tweeters or more voters or more watchers. This nation needs more servant leaders. Katie and I were out at dinner last night, and she's trying to register Lexi for volunteer service at an elderly assistance home in the area. And she was asking the program director for an application to volunteer. And the program director says, I don't have any of those right now. Why? Because no one has showed up in over three years to ask to do that. I was reading a book a couple years back. It's by a guy that I believe at the time of writing the book was an atheist. His name was Rodney Stark. He wrote a book called The Rise of Christianity. And historians have been kind of scratching their heads for years. They, they ask the question, how is it that this little fledgling religion called Christianity in the first century AD, within 300 years, had toppled over the most powerful empire in human existence. You know what Stark's conclusion was as he just studied and studied and studied? They picked up the towel. Christians would go to rubbish piles where babies were being thrown down and left to be exposed and died. It was a common practice back then, and they would come along and they'd pick up those babies. They would help people in cities where there were plagues, and while everyone else and the, even the religious leaders were running away from the cities, the Christians were running into the cities, exposing themselves to disease to help people. They were bringing people back to life, literally. Widows, orphans, the hungry, the naked. Christians were showing up over and over and over, and it changed an empire within 300 years. Now, what is it that compelled this early church to do that, to pick up the towel in that sort of way? What's the force behind that? Well, I want to suggest it's the same force that caused Jesus to go to the cross. Look with me at verse 1 again. This is why Jesus picked up the towel. Jesus loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, 
And now he loved them to the very end. So love is the answer. Uh, I, I heard someone say this. They said that leadership and character and love are synonymous with one another. Well, I wouldn't go that far with it. I would say that they exist in such symbiotic relationship that to kill one of the three is to kill all three. Think about the best definition of love that we have in all the Bible. Love is described to us as Christ-like character in action. Love is patience, kindness, humility, respectfulness, selflessness, forgiveness, honesty, and commitment. And then think about leadership. Think about servant leadership. There is no real leadership without Christ-like character in action. Would you really want to follow someone who is impatient, unkind, arrogant, disrespectful, selfish, unforgiving, dishonest, and uncommitted? I would argue that a person like that could probably have power over you. They might be your boss, or they might be your political leader, or they might be your pastor, but they would never have influence over you. They'd never have your heart. And that's why Jesus is so compelling. And he wants us to be like him. Paul says in Romans 13, 8, owe nothing to anyone except for your obligation to love one another. If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill the requirements of God's law. Love. Love motivates people to pick up the towel. I read a reflection from a business leader, and he had an aha moment while he was at a wedding. He was sitting in the pews, watching the ceremony unfold, sees the beautiful bride going down the aisle, being walked by her father, sees the groom waiting for the bride to finally arrive. The love between the two is palpable. You could just see the connection between them. And as the bride came forward, he noticed the part of the ceremony where, as tradition dictates, the father hands the daughter off to the husband. And he thinks to himself, that's it. That's it. If a father who would do anything to protect his daughter is handing that responsibility over to another, that's a big responsibility. And in many ways, fathers often say when they do that, I am handing you my very heart. And as a father, I could say I agree with that. And this business leader, as he's watching this take place at the wedding, he thinks to himself, that's it. Every single employee within my organization is someone's son or daughter. They're precious. And when you think about those who are willing to pick up the towel, I think parental love is probably the best example of it. I mean, wiping dirty bottoms, cleaning runny noses. I've watched parents donate organs for their children, go into debt, uh, be willing to withhold things that they want right now, the instant gratification of right now, so that that child could get further along. I've seen parents pick up the phone in the middle of the night and hear, I, I'm somewhere I shouldn't be. I don't know 
Uh, I'm ashamed that I'm here, but can you just come and get me? And what do they do? They just get in the car and they go. Parental love. It's compelling. It, it causes parents to pick up the towel. Do you know, Scripture says that's why God loved heaven. That same kind of love. He so loved the world. He gave his one and only son that whoever would uh, believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God picked up the towel because he loves us. And the text this morning is saying, listen, if you want to be like Jesus, you've got to look at people the same way he does. You've got to see them as someone else's son or daughter, but more profoundly, someone who is loved by the God of the universe. Then you'll pick up the towel. Let's pray. Lord, this morning as we process John chapter 13 and we process you, the king whose scepter is a towel. I pray that you would inspire us, your church, to pick up the towel too. Lord, I I believe that love is the compelling force that causes anyone to pick up the towel. When we see our neighbor and we see them as an image bearer, as loved by God, and we remember that the lengths that you would go to to care for another person left heaven after all. We want to be that way too, Lord. I believe that the most powerful thing we could do at this time in 2024 is to become like you in this, to serve, to pick up the towel, to care for the organizations around us, the people around us who are hurting, to love one another within the church. Lord, would you help us to see and to respond to needs, to be your servant leaders. We pray this in Jesus' name.